0: This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 18, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New for this year, 2017 opening day rosters, historic Negro League integration, run the ultimate what-if scenarios. Tournaments fall leagues a redesigned injury system an improved 3d game real-time presentation and game highlights improved player morale and team chemistry and so much more out of the park baseball 18 has the full sleeper in the bust stamp of approval we all play it and have for years Even better, if you buy now through the Sleeper in the Bust podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to ootpdevelopments.com, click on the order banner, and just enter the code SLEEPER18 at checkout to not only get a discount, but also help support the Sleeper in the Bust, Indie Sports video game development, and all the people who work to bring you the great game of Out of the Park Baseball 18. Once again, just go to ootpdevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER18 at checkout for a special discount and to support our show. Guys, I... I'm obsessed with this game. It is so much fun. Um, I played a lot of OTP 17. You guys have heard me talk about my Twitch streams, twitch.tv slash P424. I was streaming my 17 franchise over there. I, I did a fantasy draft in 1995. I was able to get Ken Griffey Jr. and Pedro Martinez. I don't know what the computer was thinking there, uh, letting letting both of those guys get there. I took Pedro with my first pick, and then and then got Ken Griffey Jr. I haven't started my new 18 one for um for streams yet but i'm going to and i'm actually just gonna gonna start over I, I i won the world series that first year with the with the 17 team but i'm gonna start a new one we'll do the draft at some point soon so stay tuned for that but out of the park is is just so much fun you've heard me talk about uh other baseball video games i like it, they're, they're two different experiences this is the sim in-depth management sort of deal and then the other game is, is playing so I absolutely love this game. One last time, ootpdevelopments.com. Sleeper18 is is your discount code uh, that lets them know that we, that we sent you there, and they give you a little bit of uh, a little bit off the top as well. If you do play the game, let me know. Let me know what you're doing with it. Let me know what uh, what team you're going with, whether you're starting historically or going from now. Uh, if you do the fantasy draft, hit me up on Twitter at spora. I love kind of seeing how people go because it it doesn't just play out a hundred percent to to history. Things can change and you can have guys, you know, you can have a failed prospect that actually pans out for you. So I, I love seeing that stuff. Definitely hit me up there. Um, and, and, and thanks for supporting the show by, by going to otpdevelopments.com Welcome to episode four forty four of the Sleeper and the Bus. It is Saturday, April eighth. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Jason Colette. Saturday, Jason. New, new, uh, new date for our uh, podcast. New. It's the Moses Malone episode. The fo fo fo. Uh, it's gonna be. It's gonna be good. I'm excited about what we're doing here with regards to um, making it more of a, a waiver, a pickup, useful show. You know, we used to do the Sunday night show. Which was great, and we could talk about kind of what happened over the weekend, and and some guys to pick up. But then most people couldn't pick them up because they, by the time they listened to it, especially because sometimes we w- we would record late, uh, their waiver period was already done. So we figured, you know what, let's move it to Saturday. Should become a lot more useful uh, for people who are looking to make their pickups. You know, some folks do have like Friday pickup or whatever. Obviously can't get to everyone, but the, the most common date is Saturday, or the day uh, for pickups is uh, Sundays, excuse me. So uh, we got plenty to talk about, so we're going to go ahead and dive right in. First off, before we get too deep on the uh, Major League pickups, I'm going to lead off question of the day. How about that Charlotte team?
1: Yeah, it's fun. I went to opening night uh, with my son on Thursday night. We had seats second row behind home plate. Uh, because i wanted to, to get a nice up close look at folks so renaldo lopez was a starting pitcher giolito went last night uh but lopez pitched in that game uh zach birdie pitched in that game um yoan Mercado was obviously in it and then uh i got to see some pedro alvarez too so working backwards pedro alvarez hit a home run in his first two plate appearances uh i mean they were both no doubters and uh you know, he but they did have him playing right field. Uh unfortunately there was only one batted ball his direction the entire night, so we really didn't get a good beat on on how he's looking in the outfield. But he had one batted ball. Uh but the the ball still comes off as bad as loud as ever. One was off Lopez and I forget who the second one, but it wasn't Lopez because he didn't last that long. Um uh Lopez uh did not care for the cold weather. Uh he even said as much after the game. Uh it was Oh, it was upper 40s and rather windy. Oh, yeah. Like by the ninth inning, I was I snuck it. We we sat in because uh, those seats behind home I have access to the home plate club, which is the enclosed area. Uh So we went in there and watched the uh, final because it went 11 innings. So we watched the final frames in there, but it, it was cold, uh, and he didn't care for it too much. Uh, so because no his well, his fastball, you know, this is a guy whose advertisement upper 90s, and I only saw two. That were 95 or higher. A lot of it was 89 to 92 and his secondary pitches were just junk. I mean, he just did not have a feel for the baseball at all. Uh, so the cold weather, uh, was a factor for him. Uh, Moncada fastballs crushed him. I mean, any, any time he saw a fastball, his first single, it was a fastball low and in. And he took it back through the shortstop because they had shifted him over a little bit. And he hit a rope that way and the next at bat hit another rope, uh, fastball. And then he started getting breaking balls and couldn't do anything with them. Um, so we'll see how that, how that progresses, but uh, the breaking balls, um, he was not handling them well. And sounds, then I Sounds uh, like
0: a young hitter there with,
1: with Moncada. Yeah. The most impressive thing was Zach Birdie. I mean, he came through in relief, pitched, uh, two or three innings, hit a hundred at one point, was sitting 96, 99. Uh, it had a nice slider and even threw some two strike change ups that were good enough to get swings and misses. Uh, but this, I mean, this Norfolk lineup, which is the AAA Orioles, you know, it's got Pedro Alvarez, it's got Chris Johnson, it has Robert Andino, it has uh, what major Chris Dickerson, guy. Chris Dickerson. So I mean, it's got some guys with major league experience sure. and some with uh, a lot of major league experience, and Johnson and Alvarez. Uh, and and birdie was just going through these guys so it was it was impressive to see what he was able to do perhaps uh as the white Sox move robertson and and you know jones is on that very team-friendly deal uh maybe they move him too maybe they just promote him but i could see birdie coming up and making some noise in that bullpen here in the second half of the season so like single league plays it's something to keep an eye on uh, cause that's an electric arm. I be- I forgot his background when he was at university of Louisville. Uh, if he was just starter or reliever, but that was, that nice. was impressive to watch. I feel
0: like, I feel like Zach Birdie was a reliever and and he did have that live arm. So it is a situation where, uh, he's supposed to kind of move a little bit quickly because, uh, he's going the relief route and, and has a live arm. I believe he has a brother too, who throws very hard. He does. Nick. Nick, Birdie. Nick. Um, yep. so, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see how that goes. Um, if they do trade Robertson, it's probably going to be Jones, but if they do trade both, you know, Jones is no spring chicken. They could probably get a lot for each, especially if the, if the but market man, is Jones the way is it cheap.
1: was last year. He had that three um, year, Go, I'm sorry, um, he had that three year, eight million dollar deal um this is jones and then he's got some incentives in there about if his arm holds up i mean we've all seen that delivery everybody's got their their question marks on how that's going to hold up but he's got he's got uh kickers in his contract based on how much he works so clearly the white Sox are a little worried about that and honestly i think that's why his he's kind of untradeable because that deal three years eight million any team in baseball should be that's hurting for a reliever Doing even a closer. If you're hurting for a reliever, that deal should not prohibit you at all from going to pursue him. But I think but if you can get perhaps there are some medical issues. There's some medical issues there. Bec- uh, Certainly, and it's that's a, what it's I contract like the way it is because uh, nobody's touching him. And that uh, you know that contract is is, is extremely uh, friendly. You look at the results he's putting up. I, I'm honestly surprised we don't hear Nate Jones trade rumors.
0: Well, I think we might, uh, cause again, it'll depend on how the market is and, and where they're at. Uh, he's age 31 season for Nate Jones. You know, they could trade both. If the market is as crazy it was, as it was last year, you trade both those guys, you continue to stock that farm after a great winter. And all of a sudden, the White Sox, uh, you know, could end up being a contender within a couple of years when it was looking very bleak. Uh You know, just six, seven months ago, so uh good on them I'm sure you'll have a lot of fun out there in Charlotte watching that team they've got a lot of talent coming through, and then if they get more uh, at the trade deadline then uh, you you'll you'll be stocked for a while It- kind of reminds me of how the Texas system was uh for the round rock team that i that I'm able to watch a couple times a year as well. Uh, let's yeah. go ahead and dive in. We've got a couple of pitcher injuries, and uh we're bringing them up mainly to talk about the guys who are going to fill in. Colin McHugh was shut down for six more weeks. Uh This is not looking good. It was supposed to be a shorter stay uh when he was on the DL. At least that's how I understood it. So people were still kind of drafting him, thinking, okay, you know, a uh, little bit of time off, and then I'll get my innings eater guy. But uh now he's going to be shut down for six weeks after being diagnosed with a posterior impingement in his right elbow. And what this does really is it opens the door for Joe Musgrove to really get uh, an extended stay. Uh, he's at 34% in Yahoo leagues, 18% ESPN leagues, 54% in CBS leagues. So uh, widely available at all three venues. Of course, for those that don't know, that ESPN and Yahoo are a little bit more of uh, about you know 10-12 team regularly and then CBS caters a little bit deeper so the CBS numbers always going to be a little bit higher and so the fact that you got Joe Musgrove at 54 percent at CBS gives you an idea that he is widely available how do you feel about Joe Musgrove um and and what kind of leagues are you looking at uh, at him for
1: um I'm looking at him for 15 team mixed I mean to me I'm I'm concerned he doesn't miss enough at bats for it but you know he's got enough when you look at the rest of the rotation: the, the Charlie Morton, the Mike Fires, and Joe Musgrove. I think of those three, he is the most likely to retain his job. Let's say by June first. You know, we've got with Morton. We know we don't know. While I, while I like Morton, we don't know how durable he's going to be. With Fires, you know, there's some skills issue there. We've already seen Davinsky have a nice impact. He had a. If you guys didn't see the uh, game against the Mariners the other night came in and pitched four innings to shut down baseball, mm-hmm. seven strikeouts. It was just really effective work. So they've still got him, and the fact that they used him for four innings like that, uh and he wasn't really skipping a beat. Through 60 pitches in four innings, everything looks good there. So with Musgrove looking at him in a 15-team, I just don't know if he's going to miss enough of the bats for me for a 12-teamer.
0: Yeah, I mean he's got he's got the stuff. It's just a matter of kind of figuring it out with with, with Musgrove, and and isn't that the case for so many young pitchers? Um, I do think he could get. Some swing and miss added into his game, but right now it isn't there. I agree with you there. Um, you know, kind of has a kitchen sink arsenal in terms of pitches that are in his repertoire, but doesn't really use them. He is fastball slider right now. So until he finds that third pitch that, that really suits him, I agree that Musgrove is more of a deep league play only, but keep an eye on him because I do think his fate could change uh, in relatively short order to where even you shallow or mixed league folks uh, would be wanting to pick him up move over to, now this one's going to surprise y'all uh, man, I really hope nobody's listening to this while they're driving because they could crash just at the sheer surprise of the fact that uh, Rich Hill's going on the disabled list with a blister um, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast before, just because a blister just because you get a little blister on your finger and it doesn't prevent you from doing anything it's not the same as a blister that a pitcher gets, so if, you're, if your inclination is to tweet oh, I can't believe he's out with a simple blister, stop Okay, you sound stupid. You don't know what you're talking about. Um, again, clearly, it is impactful. These blisters are for pitchers, or, or else they wouldn't happen so frequently. This is not, you know, him being a wimp or whatever. Now it is a, a multiple time issue here, so there's something going on. Maybe his old skin, because he's like five thousand years old. Uh, maybe that's what's hurting Rich Hill. But he's going to hit the ten day DL. Opens up the door immediately for Alex Wood to get a two start. He's going to be at Chicago and home to the Arizona Diamondbacks next week. Three percent Yahoo, two percent ESPN, twenty percent CBS. You can take talk, uh, briefly tell, you, tell us how you feel about Rich Hill, and then uh, where, where are you looking at Alex Wood, if at all?
1: The Rich Hill thing, this is this is kind of what you expected. We've talked about it. You know, if if you're looking the durability, we talked about 150 innings. Everything above that's gravy. That could be really good. I 150 innings. I didn't even think it get 150. I, I was paying. I was paying for a buck, buck and a quarter, buck thirty. But there yeah, you go. One 150 would be amazing. And then again, maybe you know, because he's so old, wrinkles blister easier. I guess I I, I don't know. Uh, but it, it's it's a it's a whole feel thing for him. And you know, when he generates as much spin as he does with the curveball last year, he tried to pitch through it, ended up being more of a more problematic. So this you know, it's a smart thing to do this with Alex Wood. It's just with him, it's always a matter of being able to command the ball. When he pitched last year, you know, the results were good. They mm-hmm. looked good um it's just he he's uh, had his own durability issues as well but you know there's no arguing uh, last year when he came back because it was a nice jump from 15 the stuff just wasn't the same and then last year in, in a smaller sample size of only 60 innings, the results were right back to where they were in 2014 so I'm definitely willing to take a chance on wood right out of the gate with a two start against those two teams uh hopefully uh Chris Bryant stays over for the season um, as he currently is and uh yeah that that definitely helps because that Cubs lineup is still no fun um, but they're not hitting the ball like they were last year so far I, I think
0: first hit yesterday
1: i think brian okay i know he over the season i thought he was gonna
0: go for the season Uh, i was i was expecting it cutting him in every league but uh, brian got his first hit um so yeah it's a tough two start too, going to wrigley and then home against arizona which is not a bad lineup um you're gonna add him in in anything lower than a 15 team mixed
1: i'll take a shot in a 12 team mix this week i mean the arizona thing at least he can somewhat neutralize david peralta and jake lamb in that Arizona lineup, and
0: it's not in Arizona, which certainly helps.
1: That helps. There's the other factor. So I'm 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 willing to take a stab with him and a 12-team mix this week.
0: Okay, okay, I like it then. Um, all right. So now we're gonna we're gonna do this with more pitcher, more pitching. We're gonna talk about two start guys and a few one start guys um and then we're going to talk about some hitting pickups and then at the end we'll mention some guys that we're maybe looking at cutting uh, or at least the market has has uh, gone gone forward and cut so that's the toughest part is figuring out who to cut because you know everybody's team is different, and and you're gonna have to kind of make some of those decisions on your own. Of course, if you do have questions about somebody, uh, you can always tweet us uh, at Jason Collette and at Spore. Include your league type too, though. Don't say I'm gonna pick up this guy. Who should I cut? And then list three guys. You gotta say league type. Uh, you know, five by five standard. Like we need league context if you're gonna ask questions, or else frankly I'm just not gonna answer
1: them. Um, all right, I like to say a couple things about that. One, sometimes it's easier if you guys use the comment section. On the blog post about this podcast, yeah, because you can put some more of those details. You know, Twitter is a little bit limiting, so you know, usually if we if you put league size five by five, six by six, we're going to assume what it is. Some of you guys do a great job with that. Some of you guys just ask a question. Uh, honestly, you know, I said this on radio today. This is the worst time of year to try to do analysis because it is such. There's
0: nothing
1: to go You know. With. There's nothing. You Really, you can combine spring training and regular season stats, and even then, for your regulars, that gets you about 70 plate appearances. Yeah. So, strikeouts, right? That's really kind that's of... That's about it. it. That's really it, and we'll talk about, about a certain guy that's caught my eye um, this week already because of that. Uh, but that's really it. So, it's really tough to write. If you go by the old rule of thumb is you don't cut anybody in the first week of the season, and it, the, the first cut you make should be week three of the season, then... Really, it's gut feel here. I mean, what we're telling you, most of the guys that we're talking about cutting, and my, my defense for these is going to be really playing time. Yeah. If I, he's not playing in the first week of the season, it's probably a good chance he's not playing in the second week of the season either. Ideally, um, if you have to make a move, it's somebody that
0: you're putting on the DL to open up a spot because it is so tough to want to cut folks. Um, but hopefully your last couple of spots you drafted with the idea that you were going to churn them. And, and we'll see if you want to add guys. Now, this one's going to be quick because Eno and I did go deep on uh, Dylan Bundy. But I do want to get your thoughts, especially with a two-start week coming up. At Boston, at Toronto, 53% Yahoo, 45% ESPN, 91% CBS. So he's owned in the deeper league formats. Uh, it's the shower leagues where he is going to be available and be a big pickup this week. Are you picking him up in those formats uh, with with at Boston, at Toronto? I personally am, but how are
1: you feeling? If you don't pick him up this week, you're never getting him. Exactly. S- simply put, if you have, if you watch that start and you saw how sexy the slurve, the slutter, whatever the hell you want to call that. Cutter, if you saw how sexy that pitch looked, you saw what he did in that game. He's gone. If you've got waiver priority, whatever you want to call it in your league, and and he somehow did not get drafted, you need to go get him. Um, I, you know, I've got him in my NFBC league. I wasn't, I think we talked about my league. I wasn't exactly thrilled to get him that late because I I don't know how much he's going to pitch this year. But if he can keep pitching like that, that would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, I think a good litmus test on how he'll do, if you watch Chris, Ar- Chris Archer tonight against Toronto and see how that stacks up, that gives you a good inkling on what Dylan Bundy may do against Toronto. Similar stuff. Archer throws a bit harder, but same kind of, same kind of hard, hard, harder approach. Well, Archer will throw a little, a few more changeups in there, so we'll see what happens there. But that'll kind of be a good precursor of what Bundy may be able to do. But this is one of those I'm—I would be super aggressive on him and and
0: not miss the boat. Here's the thing: we're talking about getting a guy like Dylan Bundy, and we're saying he could be a a season changer. And as such, that—that's speaking to a level of talent where I don't think you can try to pick and choose when his good starts are going to be. He's got the talent to go out and and decimate Boston in Boston, and he's a young enough guy, and, and being a pitcher, anything can happen, that he could get rocked by Philly in an interleague game one day. Like, I don't think that he's somebody that you're trying to stream and pick off his best starts. I think if you're getting Dylan Bundy, you're starting him. You're using him, and you're going from there. That's where I'm at with it. The leagues I've already got him, of course, I'm starting him. Any other league where I can try to get him, I'm, I'm putting him right in. Yes, it's a little bit tough going to those two spots, but he's in the AL beast. Like, it's not going to get easier. This is, this is what's going <laughs> right. on. This happen. is what
1: he is. This is what, he, but the other thing here, I mean, your guys are facing Boston right now. It's not like that club's a hundred percent. They're no, sick. They're muted right Hanley, now. Yep. Hanley's been out. Mookie's been out. Uh, uh Mitch Sanders Moreland's ber- won the season. Xander yeah, I mean, right There are now. so many guys that, that lineup's not a hundred percent right now. So yeah, this I mean, is he- the opportunity to go ahead and, and, and do something. And then, um Edwin's well, going to Toronto one. too, you know. So the right.
0: you know, not, neither lineup is at their at their peak. Get Dylan Bundy, be aggressive on him, um and, and, and secure that secure that spot. Joe Cotton's an interesting guy, uh, two-star guy. He actually showing up on some of the most drop lists at some leagues because he didn't have an amazing first start. Again, something that you know and I talked about, but since he is a two-star guy, I wanted to bring him up, give you a chance to talk about him. At KC versus Houston, 63% Yahoo, 30% ESPN, 73% CBS. So we're really talking shallower leagues. ESPN does their standard league is a 10-teamer, um, and, and so that's that's where Cotton is available
1: right now. Are you getting him in 10-teamers? No, I don't want to do a 10 team right No, I did not watch his start, but if from what I read either tweet somebody was writing about it, you know, apparently the runs he gave up were all on soft contact. You yes,
0: know, talked and, you mentioned that you haven't listened to that episode yet. Okay. You're going to hear it from Eno um how
1: the the RBIs were exit velocities of like 70 and below. So yeah, he was I heard it was like 70 smashed. or 75 below, but that, I mean, that highlights some of the problems we had with Cotton was that defense. If, you know, if the ball, true. softer contact gives you less time to get to the ball. And we were concerned about that Oakland defense behind him. But, uh, if he's dropped your league, pick him up. I, I, I have my reservations about him being on a 10 team staff anyhow, but on a 12 team. Yeah. I, I, if somebody's dropping him, pick him up. Um, and I would go with him this week in a, in a two, the Kansas City lineup is not doing well to start the season. I mean, the, the Twins just ran, ran through them. And it's
0: just and, not that good in general. Like even and Astros,
1: people. yeah, Astros aren't doing, uh, the Astros lineup is, is, has been hit and miss and honestly mostly miss. When I mean, that, home. I can't, that series, yeah, and that series against the, uh, Seattle featured a lot of good pitching, by, by both teams. It I've really watched, did. Uh, I watched uh, Paxton start obviously, and uh, I did get to see some of McCullers pitch, uh, and, and then listen to uh, some of the other part of that game while traveling this week. But yeah, I would go with Cotton this week as well in a two starter.
0: Yeah, I would too because again, uh, the Houston one could be tough because they are a good lineup and they will eventually get going. But um, I, I like I like that he gets them at home, so I, I say go with that. Oh heck yeah, Tigers win. Suck it, Red Sox. Yeah, for the sweep. All right. Next up, Charlie Morton, another guy that uh, you know. We uh, you actually just invoked his name earlier when we were talking about uh, Colin McHugh, Joe Musgrove sort of situation. At Seattle, at Oakland, nine percent Yahoo, seven percent ESPN, fifty-one percent CBS. So available in a lot of formats right now. Understandably too, because there is a there is some you know sabermetric love for him out there this podcast included I certainly uh was was taking a look at him and propping him up because of some of the changes that he made last year that added some velocity and 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 such for morton health is a major key but we're only talking about one week right now so we're looking at at Seattle at Oakland what formats are you adding him there
1: um what formats am I going to add him in? I not a 10 so not, not a 12, not a, yeah, not an ESPN. I, I'd still, i go 15. I've got some some concerns about him facing the same team twice right out of the gate. So really like uh, the
0: CBS leagues most likely. Cause yeah. I mean, those cater to, I I know some of you can play 15 teamers on Yahoo and ESPN. I'm talking generally here. Uh, so you're looking at more of a 15 team and AL only, of course, which,
1: which he's probably owned in a lot of AL onlys anyway, for Charlie Morton. Um, But honestly, I don't want to. Honestly, I don't want to start him this week. I mean, I have him at NFBC, and I'm considering that he's facing Seattle a second time. uh, So I've got. uh, Yeah, but the Oakland lineup's got some lefties that can handle those righties, and the lefties. That's been, I know, I know, in that short slice last year that he handled them better. But lefties have always been what's eating him up.
0: That's true. That's true. Disagreement, though. I, I'm a, I am all starting right. him.
1: Here we go. Disagreement. I, I. He is sitting on my bench this week in NFBC. I'm looking at my lineup right now saying, you know what, son? You're staying down there.
0: Okay. Okay. And he's like, don't call me, son. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, well, let me sorry. Uh, sorry, I lost my list. I'm a clown. Oh, here we go. This guy's interesting, if only because I don't really know who he is i i know him a little bit from writing the starting pitcher guide i remember writing up some some of these lower level guys i've never been shy about mentioning this like these lower level prospects were just uh all i
1: know is he's the guy to hit Keon on broxton in the face yeah
0: exactly but the, the profiles on them were just uh amalgamations of stuff that i'd read some youtube videos that i could watch and talking to some of the few prospect guys that i know just saying hey What's the deal with him? And Anthony, or Antonio? Uh, Sensatella was definitely one such Guy I did not have a firm enough read On him to where I was putting In uh, anything special on him I'm not even sure if he made more than one SP guide in the past I did Know the name when I saw it but I don't have like A, a feel for who he is so I watched that start And I was watching when when Broxton Got hit the flap certainly saved him A hundred percent I mean yeah. it took The it took the brunt of that and I, and I think he still Fractured his nose so just imagine What would have happened without it Uh Very scary moment but but you know, are we going to get to? By the way, this side tangent. Are we going to get to a point when the flap is just customary for everybody? Because it seems like if you if you're used to it, if you can get used to it, and it doesn't bother you, why not, right?
1: As hard as these guys are throwing, I can't imagine going out there without it. I I, I had to laugh when Broxton told the writers this morning. He felt like he looked in the mirror and he thought he was reliving a scene from uh when will smith was in hitch when he got yep. stung by the yep. bee or whatever <laughs> that's really funny
0: i i hadn't heard him say that but that's that's really funny um yeah so you know it, it, it's a situation where that was a little bit scary i think javier bias still wears his you see guys who have had who had gotten hit in the face but then they still wear it i i could see it becoming something that that guys just try to get used to at a young age and just keep wearing but we'll see how that goes anyway i'm glad that he's 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 better and it looks like he's going to be okay but what about antonio uh senzatella versus san diego so in home uh, he's by the way he's a rocky for those of you that don't know i can't just say the name and assume everyone knows who he is he's a rocky pitcher uh and he's going to be at home against san diego and then out to san francisco unsurprisingly he's one percent yahoo three percent espn 13 percent CVS are you picking him up at all throws 95 from the right side uh you know rocky's prospect how, how, how do we feel about
1: antonio senzatella if you could stream him along and and this week would probably be one of those best matchups you could possibly ask for with san diego at san diego with san diego i uh, was the san diego at home san diego or? at home so you're the
0: home one you're getting the lesser team and then you go okay. to san francisco S- outside of two road starts At these two teams, by the way, it'd be nice to go to Petco and, and, outside of that, I'm with you. This is about the best you can get because you're usually going to get one home game when you're, when you're two starting a Rockies pitcher.
1: Yeah. I'm taking a stab in a 15 team mixed league on the stuff. I mean, I saw a few innings. I saw a few innings of that game, uh, and liked what I, and liked what I saw. Um, and, and out of those few innings, you look at his minor league track record. Uh, numbers wise, strikeout rates, walk rates are really low. Um, that always helpful. And he keeps the ball in the ballpark. And it's like, you're like, oh yeah, so what he pitched in the Rockies minor league system. Well, the Rockies minor league system is loaded with parks like their major league park. And I until mean, low A, low a, a is fringe. Asheville. Yeah. Low A is Asheville. Uh, which is a, which is a launching pad. So they play in high run environments there too. And he's able to keep the ball in the yard. So I'm going to take a stab on him in a 15 team mix. Now here's the And then thing. use him, use him, spot start him when I can.
0: He's skipping from AAA or or from from double A. He didn't he didn't hit AAA. So Sensatella, this is this is very interesting. They're they're being aggressive with their guys. Uh, I know they're getting some some hype about maybe a potential wild card. I like, I like the Rockies out there. Sucks that like the bulk of the, the big injuries this preseason were to them, were to their team. Um, but once they start getting those guys back, that offense is going to be absolutely filthy. Again, he throws 95 on average. He is a bit of a two pitch guy as well, fastball slider, uh, that he threw 24% of the time and then just a 7% on the changeup. I'm with you. I think I'm going to take a shot because this is, this is the, the time that it can work and, you know, see what's up with this Padres offense. It's not, it's not that good. I know they had a pretty good game yesterday where they unloaded on Matt Kane, but who can't do that? So I, I say take a shot, certainly in NL only. But even in, uh, like you said, 15-team mix, if you've been dealt with a couple injuries and you're, you know, there's no Bundy, there's no Cotton, there's no Morton, uh, and you're just like, what do I do? And there's none of the one-start guys that we're going to talk about in a minute. Take a look at Sensatello. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty intrigued by him. So uh, I'm going to keep a close eye and take a look at what uh, Jeff Zimmerman wrote about him. He watched, he watched a little bit of that start as well, and uh, you know, had some positive thoughts and definitely some flaws. This is not a perfect prospect, but somebody to take a shot on. Next up is old Wiley, Willie Peralta, man. He, he closed really strong last year and uh, was pretty good in, in his first start as well against the Colorado Rockies. I don't know if he faced off against Senzatella, but it would make sense since they're both going to be two starts now. Uh, five innings only, but but had a bunch of strikeouts. I want to say five or six. It was five. So five and five, uh, only one walk, three hits, five scoreless. So not a bad opener against uh, Colorado and – they don't have the Coors Hangover yet because it's the it was the first series of the season. So, um, I liked what I saw out of Wiley in his first outing. He's still throwing. Uh, actually, well, never mind. I was going to say no. He he upped his velocity. Not necessarily. He might have upped it about a half tick. It went from 94.8 to 96.5. If you take off the one. Uh that you know, the, the the one the one mile per hour adjustment that we gotta kinda do right now, then he's ninety five five, which is still, like I said, about a half tick. But he throws hard, that's never been an issue. He is a two pitch guy. Lefties have always been a problem. He's gotta go two Toronto and two Cincy. Two very difficult ballparks. I don't know how I feel. He's a ground ball guy though. Okay, full pass. full pass for you. <laughs> full pass. Yeah, pass. All formats, even N
1: L? All formats, pass. Wow,
0: even N L. 3% Yahoo, 2% ESPN, 12% CBS. I'm gonna take a shot, I'm gonna take a shot in NL. Uh, it's a difficult two start, 100%. I, 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 acknowledge that thoroughly, but, um, closed really strong after he got back from injury last year. Peralta did. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm a sucker. I'm a little bit of a sucker on, on Peralta. I remember,
1: I remember was, liking him at one point, but yeah, I, I when he was I, first. This is not the through. week I want to come back.
0: When he was first coming through, we were talking about him. So just just coming back from the injury last year, uh, the final two months of the season, two ninety two ERA and sixty one and two thirds innings, only fifty one strikeouts, uh, but sixteen walks, two forty two average against. I don't know. This is a tough. This is a tough two star. Although Cincy itself, the park is difficult. The lineup is not. So I don't know if you can navigate through Toronto. I, I, NL, NL only. Uh, so I'm not I'm not too risky, but I'm gonna go NL only. Let's move on to Matt Boyd. Uh, brutal first start and and exhibit yes. five trillion four hundred sixty eight billion zillion of why spring training stats don't really matter. At least you know in, in terms of like carrying it over or having momentum. That's one of the things too, and it's not like again. We've talked about it on the show. There are certain things that you can look at that that do have some indications, especially if you're seeing some changes and whatnot, strikeouts and walks. But – I still think that those pieces that people have written, those research projects have emboldened folks to still overuse spring training numbers as well. He's having a big spring. He's having a big spring. Now, the one thing that, that his spring, mat- his spring numbers mattered for, for Matt Boyd was to win the job. And so in that instance, and I've always said that, you know, it certainly matters when a guy is fighting for a job, but it clearly didn't carry over into the first start of the season, uh, where he got his face caved in by the White Sox. Lasted only two and a third, walked a ton, four, uh, struck out two, five hits, five runs, a homer. It was brutal. Uh, he's going to go to Minnesota, or no, he's going to go home against Minnesota and then go to Cleveland. Four percent Yahoo and ESPN, twenty-two percent CBS. Matt Boyd's probably a popular drop this week. Are you going to turn around and pick him up anywhere?
1: I like Matt Boyd long term, uh, this season. I do not like him this week, Bill. Okay.
0: And it was a 23 to one strikeout to walk ratio in spring. So I understand why it caught some eyes. Cause again, those studies have talked about how strikeouts and walks, um, you know, on a certain magnitude can be, you know, an indicator of, Hey, there's some changes here and there's, there's some things to look at. Um, so you're worried about, um, are you worried mostly about
1: going to Cleveland? uh I am and frankly Minnesota's no slouch this year either. So I mean, far so good. They're huh? hitting they're hitting well. Uh Sands Buxton uh, still not being able to make contact, that's but weird. they're hitting the ball well and uh that's part of the problem. So uh I, I again I like Boyd long term this season, um but I I don't like him this week in in a, in a two-start week. And by the way, uh you didn't mention it as we come in the broadcast, but Jackie Bradley Jr went down in a heap going so around first base.
0: Tripped though. I I I think he might be alright. It was, it looked really bad, but it wasn't like a popped hammy or anything. He did kick his, his foot and, and looked like he just tripped. So I don't know if that makes it better or not, but it seemed like it might, cause I, I saw it too and I was like, oh my God. Cause he had just run into the wall by the way. Uh, in the previous inning, making an amazing catch in Comerica, that, the deep part known as triples alley. Uh, he said, I don't think so, Tim, to Nick Castellanos, or to Nicholas, excuse me, uh, running it down and, the, but then banged into that wall. I hate seeing guys really blast their shoulders into the right. walls. Uh, but he was fine from there. He's running out. He trips. It, it, he did go down in the heap. You're right. But I don't know that it's, that it's automatic terror just yet. Um, but keep an eye on it, I guess, because it it, it was a little bit scary. I will. I yeah, will
1: between it. that and Andrew Benintendi throwing up in between innings, that flu bug is just He's absolutely decimating the Red Sox, team. killing that team.
0: So here's the thing, and this is a, you know maybe a little bit of cop out or or whatever. I know so a lot of our leagues don't even allow this, especially the industry leagues. But would you pick him up and bench him to 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 get Matt Boyd on your team now? or yes
1: uh, okay. yes that i would do but like like you said in expert leagues and tout i i couldn't do that no, if no, i were you, to pick him up you got to start him the week you use him. Right and, and i've even had that in some of my home leagues i was gonna that say, same.
0: there are home leagues that do that so that's why i'm saying this is a unique situation where if you just can pick up a guy and you can immediately throw him on reserve what formats would you go get boyd um, assuming he's pretty much owned in al only because that spring did get him enough juice to get owned in those
1: uh I would take I would definitely take him in a 15 team mixed if I could grab and stash. Um uh, 12 team mixed not yet.
0: Okay. Okay. Um change, I'll change the scope a little bit. 12 team mixed but you got five reserve spots. Is that enough? Yes. Okay. Cuz a lot of them – I think the standard's three. Um and and you don't want to do it there, but if you got those two extras and you had Rich Hill go in the DL Maybe you're looking at it in a 12-team mix, but basically, what we're saying—the overarching point—is to keep Matt Boyd on your watch list because we do like him long-term. Mm-hmm. I do think that um, he and Daniel Norris are going to be instrumental to that Tiger season if they're going to do anything. Correct. Um, rookie Davis, you know, um, he's a rookie. I don't have a good pun. I'm just going to say he's a rookie at Pittsburgh. Versus Milwaukee, 1% Yahoo and ESPN, 9% CBS, not getting a lot of juice. He was part of the, uh, uh, Chapman deal. You know, it wasn't great. I, I, I don't, I, I don't have a whole lot to say that's, that's positive. He
1: gave point. up two home runs to Daniel Nava. Nava. That, to me, that automatically, he was still in the start. league. I had no idea he was in the league. I was I like, wait, no what? Clue. He had a home run and then they like, I was listening to the, and he hit it again. And I was yeah. like, well, considering Daniel Nava had one home run in 140 plate appearances last year and he got two in his first that's two tough. this that's year. No, nah, man, that, that, that ain't going to cut it. That's no, tough. I don't want, I don't want to touch rookie Davis. I mean, that's not like it's a nightmare matchup either case either, but sure. What do you, but, what's the upside? Is he going to win both games? Unlikely. Is he going to win one of them? Maybe still unlikely though. <laughs>
0: i think it's still unlikely so yeah i just put him on because he was a two start and he was widely available and, and a lot of these guys are a little bit uh not available in in deeper leagues. so i just wanted to have a deeper league guy on there to see what you thought this is kind of how i thought it would play out in terms of what you were going to say so we'll, we'll actually talk about one 30 teams team,
1: 30 team mixed leaguers yes uh, i would take a shot up, <laughs> you gotta take a yes. shot at... <laughs> those um, two guys the two of you who play in that format there you go uh
0: We'll talk about his teammate here in a moment, but we're gonna to go to a few one start guys. Kendall Graveman, somebody that I know Eno's really liked in the past. I think we briefly mentioned him on the show, uh, Eno and I, at some point in the offseason because uh there was gonna be a situation where he was gonna he was changing his arsenal to where he yes. was just really gonna focus on that sinker a whole hell of a lot. And one start in, that's exactly what happened. Eighty eight percent. Uh and it was up, even if you do the adjustment, he went from ninety two seven to ninety four seven. Back a mile per hour off, that's still 93.7, so that's still uh, about a one-mile-per-hour boost. It's, it's faster. I think it actually still has as much or even maybe a little bit more movement with the added velocity, which certainly helps. Uh, 11% on the cutter, so it was really just sinker-cutter for, for Kendall Graveman, and he had a hell of a first outing. He goes six strong, um, allowed two runs, seven strikeouts, I think, is the thing that's really standing out to people how do you feel about Kendall Graveman? Uh he's 34% Yahoo, 21% ESPN, 57% CBS. It's pretty widely available. What formats are you looking at,
1: Kendall Graveman, if any? You know, the funny thing, there were three articles this week alone on Fangraphs about Kendall Graveman. There were two by Jeff Sullivan telling you, yes, I'm not, I'm gonna sell you on him. And then there was Jeff Simmerman saying, hey, more velocity is not not necessarily a good for Graveman, because the it, I believe if I'm reading this chart right, the more velocity you throw that sinker with, the less time that it has to do its thing. So, and so it more, more the velocity, may, it may not be a good thing. So okay. I was reading through, the, he had an article, he talked about velocities were up, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then it goes, percentages range, the slower the speed, the same rate you retain, surprising longer extension the more percentage you retain your speed but he had something about graveman i was reading this yesterday morning uh, i was trying to find the exact but like you basically it, you didn't want more velocity with graveman it's up uh there it is one of the issues one issue with graveman's velocity increases is that his sinker won't have time to sink and will generate fewer grounder balls for that reference here are the here are the ground ball plates or no, plots 16 and 17 as graveman throws harder his ground ball rate has dropped. The pitcher should try to keep their pitches in the fly ball zone uh, or ground ball zone and out of the area in between. Uh, and so that's kind of the issue. Uh, the dropping ground ball was seen. Uh, he went into it. So go read this article, but that's what that's I, I, nice. I did see. Then he's got a nice chart that says, here's your fastball velocities. Here are your ground ball velocities. Um, he said his fastball will be just as effective as it was last season as he moves from great ground ball numbers to okay rates.
0: If, I forget to if the link assumption it. holds true, if I forget to link it in, in the, uh, show notes, go to Kendall Graveman's page. It's the second piece down below my chat because there was tons of questions about him in the chat. I'm not a huge Kendall Graveman guy. I'm not uh, either. That's and, the thing. <laughs> and so, you know, I think a lot of the chat was, no, no thanks. Nah, I'm good. You know, that sort of deal. And, uh you know there was a couple where it's like okay that guy's close enough and if you prefer Kendall Graveman, fine um are you adding him anywhere even though you're not
1: much of a fan i mean i would take him on a 12 team al league uh but who should i am not in those though should already be and and maybe 15 team reserved if i can sit and watch and see if this uh see if this is for real but if you're looking at a guy who's going to throw all of these sinkers that's not a strikeout pitch. I know we got some, I know we got some strikeouts in his first start. That's not a strikeout pitch. That's and, a uh, key point. That's, that's what really hurts. Yep. Uh, in mixed leagues, you need guys that are going to have the high strikeout rates and ultimately sinkers, that's not what they do. Nope. You're
0: right. And so it's just going to be ground ball after ground ball. And it could be, you know, uh, it goes back to what we talked about with Jarrell Cotton. That defense then becomes instrumental and it's not very good. Uh, all right. Rookie Davis' teammate Amir Garrett is only a one-start guy. And I didn't write down the one-starts and I probably should have, but uh I, I didn't. So I apologize for that. But uh, he's 8% Yahoo, 4% ESPN, uh 25% CBS. So another guy who is pretty widely available. If you remember, this guy was a, a – he's been a long-time prospect. He's a little bit older, but don't judge him too much on being a 25-year-old rookie because he played basketball at St. John's. They let him take a shot at doing that uh while still retaining his rights. I believe, um, and then saying, Hey, you, you gave the basketball thing a go, it didn't quite work. Why don't you come on over and and let's see what you can do as a uh six five, two hundred and ten pound lefty who can gas it, man. The dude can really throw hard. He went six strong, you know, it was solid. It was uh six shutout, four strikeouts, two walks, two hits. Not not a bad outing. I believe it was against the Phillies. He was in that Phillies series. Cardinals. Oh, it was the Cardinals. Oh, that's yeah, that's more impressive that's a lot more impressive. Three-pitch guy, fa- fastball, slider, change. Now the one thing was we didn't see the velo. Uh, he's been a guy who can he can pump it up into the mid 90s, but we did not see that in his MLB debut. He was sitting 91-92. Uh the slider is uh, upper 70s low 80s, which is interesting. Maybe it's more uh or uh um, Maybe, maybe it's more of a looping curve. I don't know. I, I didn't see this outing, so I, I'm flying a little I bit either. blind on Amir Garrett here. And then the changeup's about eighty to eighty-one. It'd be nice if the changeup or the slider were a little bit harder to give him kind of those three velocity bands. Um, but that's not it's not a must to be successful. At least he does have the three pitches. Uh, I'm, I'm intrigued by him. I just don't know exactly where I'm adding Amir Garrett though. How do you feel about him? He's widely available pretty much any league format that you want. There's a good chance that you'll get him. Maybe not NL only, but, but any mixed league format you could get him. Do you
1: want Amir Garrett though? No, no, I don't, I mean, I need, I need a pretty high upside rookie. In a mixed league, I need a rookie that has, that's going to have a lot of impact. And I don't see Garrett doing. I could see him spot using him as a spot starter. Yeah, I could see. So him, somebody you could stream in and stream out. But if you don't have a bench in a in a mixed league, reserve list, this is a pass for me. I could see him
0: DFSing for you when you pair him with like a Kershaw and a Day because you're saving money, and he gets right. a good matchup against you know a, a team that can't hit lefties. Maybe maybe the Dodgers themselves. Although you don't want to take guys going against each other. You can't get two wins that way but um you know a team that struggles against lefties you might spot start amir garrett on the cheap i know that's a pretty niche uh fantasy usage but that's where i'm at as well i'm with you I think it's a situation where Cincinnati should let him kind of go, unless it's just disastrous like Jose
1: Barrios sort of stuff, and it's already better. By the way, Barrios looked good in the minors. Uh, his first start today, six shutout innings in AAA. I love it. I mean, at least he's at least he's
0: still having success down there. I'm okay waiting on him in the majors as long as he's continuing to have set success in the minors. But I think if they're going to let Garrett go, that's good. Let him have the rookie ups and downs. But it can't be on my fantasy roster. I don't think I'm really picking him up anywhere. I'm not even sure I'm taking a shot in NL only's, uh, the few that he probably is still available in. Let's move on to Kyle Freeland, another uh, Rockies pitcher. They they took a shot on a few guys this year uh, saying, you know what? We got these young guys. They did well enough to to turn heads in spring. Let's give them a go. And it was Sensatella and, and Freeland. They were a little bit surprising that both of them were able to to uh, get the call. But that's where we're at. He also pitched pretty well. Freeland did. He went six strong uh, with a handful of strikeouts. It was a top pick. I want to say like number 13 or so overall. I'm pulling up his page right now. Number eight. Damn it. That was my first guess. And then I I second guessed myself as if it means anything. But he was number eight overall pick back in 2014. Uh, He's now made it to the majors here. I think he might have skipped AAA too. No, he pitched AAA last year, 73 innings, uh, you know, decent numbers. Nothing crazy in the minors in terms of like strikeout rates, usually solid walk rates, uh, decent results from an ERA and, and whip standpoint. Don't know a whole lot about Kyle Freeland because I don't really put a lot of time focusing on pitching prospects in the Rocky system. Um, it has to be pretty special like John Gray. But Freeland has, you know, a deep arsenal, four pitches, He's a big guy, lefty. Uh He faced the Dodgers at home, Um, and the aforementioned Dodgers, who cannot hit lefties, so that certainly <laughs> helped him have a good first start. It's so bad, Jason. They're it just is bad. as bad it's, this
1: year. Like it's early. Even 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 Logan Forsyth, who's made a career of matched lefties, looked terrible. He got like infected because I watched. I watched. The final three innings of this start because it happened to be on at the the barbecue restaurant I was having dinner at, so I was able to watch that and I was just like, four sides up. I'm like, okay, and then it was just like, boom, boom, boom. I'm like, good god, there's yeah, he that, is infected. You're right. Yeah, there's something that they teach
0: over there that <laughs> impacts your ability to hit lefties. They can still hit righties, but man, it was it was crazy. So you know, uh, credit to him for still taking advantage of them in coors, but uh Kyle Freeland, is he somebody that you're looking at uh three percent, one percent, nine percent, available everywhere, even NL only, as I believe, in a lot of cases. Do you want Kyle Freeland anywhere?
1: I, I do want Kyle Freeland. Um I, I do you know, obviously with the same caveats as every other Rocky starting pitcher. Uh but I was impressed with it was a three inning stint, I only saw it turn through the lineup, but I liked what I saw. Uh okay. and that's, that's where I'm at with them. It is NL only
0: or is there, is there it is, no, it's
1: NL only. Okay. No, it's NL only pick because I don't want to worry about it. Um, you know, I'll take them, you know, I already have Tyler Anderson in the NL only, so I'll take another shot with, uh, with Freeland.
0: Okay. Cool. So that's where we're at with pitchers. Is there any pitchers that I, I forgot on the, or I didn't put on this list that you have any interest in or did we kind of cover it?
1: I am trying to think who else, who else I happen to see. I've already mentioned Davinsky. I know, I know it's a role, but if you speculate in skills, not roles, uh, find room for him, uh, in your, in your 15 meet, in your 15 team mixed league reserves. I really liked what I saw there. Um, what are the games that I get to see pieces of this week? I didn't see any of the Andrew Triggs start. I don't know if you did, but I know he picked up, I I know he got a win. I wanted to see some of that. I didn't see that. Um, that's really it. I, I okay. didn't see – I haven't had a chance to sit down and watch uh that, that sticking with me. Last night watching that ugly raised jays game was the first complete game I've sat down and watched this year.
0: That's the thing too, and I mentioned this uh when I was recording with Eno, that the first week outside of the Tigers, I don't watch – I don't sit down and watch a lot of full games. I'm just fire hosing it, trying to watch as much as I can, bouncing around, watching little bits, trying to get an eye on on as much as I can. Once once we kind of settle in over this next week or two, I'll start to p- pinpoint games where, you know, I'll watch Tigers and then I'll watch uh, a big matchup, pitching matchup that I'm interested in. So that that's left me a little bit uh, blind on some of these things, too, in terms of uh, different starters. And then in the morning, I usually um, watch condensed games of, of different starts that might have stood out for positive or negative reasons. So uh, we'll get into that groove eventually. But right now, we're just kind of taking in as much as we can because baseball is finally back. Uh, let's talk hitters. And this will be a little bit, uh, quicker cause it, you know, you talked earlier about how we don't have anything to analyze. It's, it's even tougher with hitters because if you figure, you know, a start is like 20 batters face. So it's, you know, it's like 20 plate appearances. Um, it's at least a little something. A lot of guys, you know, prior to yesterday didn't even have 20 plate appearances. A lot of hitters didn't even have 20 plate appearances yet. Right. Um, and so, you know, we're going off of very little here. But uh, I'm going to actually – I flipped the list on you a little bit. I don't know if you're, if you're looking in there. We're going to talk a couple catchers very quickly um, and then outfielders and then infielders. So we're going to group them together a little bit and kind of pick out favorites as opposed to going deep on, on each one. We'll start with catchers, the third and fourth rated catcher on the player rater at ESPN right now. And, and the third guy is actually going to probably jump up to to second. Uh, or first, although JT is out of his mind right now. So yeah, I, he I, is. I think it'll be a second for, for Giovanni Soto because he hit another home run today, his third. And he and Sandy Leon are, are definitely turning heads as far as catchers go. Catcher was very tough this year. I think you have to cut Gary Sanchez for Giovanni Soto. Am I, am I correct? We'll cut one GS all for formats. the other GS? All, all formats.
1: All formats. Okay. All formats. I, I kind of on myself there because, you know, Soto was out there pretty much for the taking and, and two leagues. And I was like, nah. Um, it, not that I took Omar, I only took Omar Narvez in one league, but, uh, I am quickly trying to, to replace him in Talt Wars, uh, with the plethora of catchers that are out there, uh, um, tons, either, right? of, either of which is the, are these two, cause they were both rostered during the draft. But, um, I mean, oh. with catcher the way catcher is this year, if you can stream them and ride guys on a hot streak, I'm all for picking those guys up and, and, okay. and this is, this is single league formats only. So in this case, this is both AL only. I'm not, I mean, in a in you don't a mixed think league,
0: catcher fifteen team. these guys? God,
1: even the same. Yeah, I guess I take that back. I'm all for just streaming catcher. Yeah, because Period. I
0: mean The the the, the C twos out there were so bad that I actually think both have viability. That's why I brought both of them up. I know Sandy Leone had that major hot streak last year that really put put him on people's radars. It was it was out of nowhere, but. Now well, then he went major another... ice cold too. Yes, he did. He went completely the other way, but, but it wasn't enough to tank his numbers. He still had an 845 OPS in 283 plate appearances. That's pretty solid. Off to another, you know, solid handful of games so far, four games in. Uh, he's, he's still doing his thing here. So I think you start to look at him now. Can we come up with some names of catchers that you might be cutting that were definitely drafted? In fact, let me do this. Let me pull them up real fast from the draft board, and I'll ask you uh, these two. Uh, well, first off, do you value these two pretty equally?
1: Yes. Okay. Because so I, I, I didn't draft either of them. Um, so yeah, I, I, I value I'll, them I'll
0: go some names for you, and you say one of these two or the other guy, Jan Gomes. I'm staying with Gomes. Leon or Soto uh, versus – Tony Walters in, in Colorado.
1: I'll take either of the others over Walters. Tyler Flowers in Atlanta. I'll take either of them over Flowers. Um, Derek Norris in Tampa
0: Bay, who I will mention, is sixth on the player Raiders. So he himself doing
1: a, doing some things in week one. I would not do that. He's even running, by the way. He did a straight steal of second base, too. That's the, I, yeah, uh, hasn't he done so, that before? Hasn't he, he, stole the guy nine bases, he stole nine bases last year okay, for the, yeah, for the he's, Padres. He's, he, but he no, I would not. Speed. And before people call me a homer, I don't care what team he plays for. I'd still take it. He was still with the Nationals. Look at track record. Derek That's Norris the thing, is still a better I, catcher.
0: I actually like Norris coming into this year because I just didn't think it could be any worse than last year, assuming he wasn't. You know, hiding some major shoulder injury or something. Uh, but he still went 14 and nine last year with homers and stolen bases, did Derek Norris. He hit 186, so it completely overshadowed everything. But all he's got to do is hit like 240. And, and, and I know that's not, you know, that, that, that's a big jump over last year, but he's a career 233. And if you take out the previous year, he's about a career
1: 240. I uh, take either of uh, them over Mike Zanino. I take either of them over Travis Darno. I would take, uh, yeah, that's kind of where I'm sitting at. Okay.
0: Okay. So that, that, that's that's where we're at, um, and a lot of those guys are C2s. So go out, take a look. What about Cameron Rupp, who um, I refuse to say he's off to a four-star because – it's not even a freaking week, and so I hate saying that, uh, but- No, I'm not moving, I'm not moving off Cameron Rubb. Yeah, I'm sticking with him too. Just wanted to bring him up. Okay, done with those catchers, let's move on to now, a little bit more impactful guys. The outfield has, has some potential riches here. Uh, we got David Peralta, and so this is gonna be Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS. I'm not, I'm just gonna say the numbers. 41%, 18%, 37%. Manuel Margot, 34%, 41%, 50%. Now jump down a level, Jason Worth, 11%, 9%, 32%. And then Steven Souza, I don't have the percentages because you put him on there and you didn't, you didn't get the percentages for me. You, you, you failed me. You failed I failed,
1: me. but I wanted to, this goes back to what we were talking about earlier about, uh, sample sizes and this stuff with Souza where he's had, uh, 70 plate appearances between, between spring training and the major leagues. And his, his swing and miss rate is, uh, this, year, well it's only the major league, but his swing and miss rate so far this season is seven percent his his strikeout rate if you combine spring training and, and regular season because we can see that is 21 percent, and that's that's from a guy who was a 34 percent strikeout guy over the past two seasons that's always been the uh, thing with
0: Sousa as he strikes so out that's, way too that, much. it's
1: something it's something to watch I just wanted to raise because I've seen it in watching the events this week I've I've between the full game I've sat down, the pieces of the other games, and some of the videos, the highlights, I'm able to sit down and go, like, the condensed games. Uh, you know, you can see he's trying, he's not trying to pull everything. Uh, and just the swing and miss, the way to get Souza out early would be to get get ahead of him with strikes because he would swing through him, and then he would really expand his strike center or just take the easiest pitches. Mm-hmm. And so when I look back, he has five swings and misses so far this season, uh, two on sliders, and three on fastballs up. I mean, and the fastball up has always been a weakness for him, but he's, he's making contact within the strike zone. He's had a bunch of fastballs. Uh, you know, when I looked at it this year, he's had, he's swung at 10 fastballs. He's put seven of them in play and five of them safely. That's not something he's ever done in the past. So for a guy that showed that he's making more contact, uh, I, I think it's worth watching. Now, this is one of these things where I the caution to say, uh, um, you know, if you want to try to get, especially that's one of the secrets in NSBC is to be ahead of your, your competition before they, they, they spot something. Don't pick the guy up the week he gets hot. Pick him up the week before he gets hot. It's something to watch here because it's, you know, these at bats look different than last year. It's not just the, oh God, he's coming up. Here he is, three pitches and he's done. Uh, these look, he looks like a different guy right now. Well, and
0: the thing with Souza is that he also has a speed component. And so if he is doing well, And getting base hits because the thing the thing in the past has been when he does get a hit because he's on you know he's hitting a low batting average it's a power hit and he's usually getting a double or a homer and he's not really getting steal attempts if if he's improving things and adding base hits to the mix now we're getting potential steal attempts. And I still think this is a guy who could be a, like a 2020 or maybe like a 25-15. Um, again, that's, that's more of a perfect world thing. Now, rank these outfield, the outfielders, Peralta, Margot, Worth. By the way, uh, Souza is 4%, 6%, 25%. So rank the four and then, and then we'll go a little bit deeper here. For mixed leagues, rank the four.
1: I want Margot out of all of those guys. I okay. know he's the rookie, but, um, if, if you watched him play this week, I mean, the, the home runs off, off. Two bombs. Off, yeah, but they were off Jared Weaver. Um, Jared Weaver's on his team. Them. Or, not, not him. Who was he? Matt Who Kane. did he hit him off of? Matt Cain. Okay. Basically, San Diego's. Who or... went double off? Somebody dealt, somebody was hitting bombs. Oh, it was Prefet. hit him off Weaver. Oh, okay. Or we hit him off Weaver. And then, uh, uh, Aledmus, Aledmus Diaz hit two off of Bronson, Bronson and Arroyo, Arroyo today. Yeah. Um, hey, yeah, that's where, count, that's man. kind of where they I was going. Count. But no, if you've watched the at-bats, I mean, I like Margot coming into the season. Yep. Um, he's going to play every day. The power, the speed, the, the approach. He's the guy that I want out of all of this because, also, he's going to get the most at-bats uh hitting at the top of that lineup, whereas these other guys you – know, Peralta would be – I want Peralta. Peralta hit, he's going to hit high in the lineup, but he's going to sit against lefties. That's sure. the only thing. I like Peralta.
0: I still think, though, that, that – But that's where he's going
1: to lose at-bats. If he does so, well enough –
0: that he, he can, he can get some of those lefty at bats back, but we might not necessarily want them. We might just want the 450 against righties for David Peralta. But if he's healthy, I really like him. I actually agree that Margot has to be the top because of the speed component. Um, you know, hitting the two home runs. He's probably like, uh, maybe a double digit homer guy. He might not hit more than uh eight the rest of the year to just to get to ten but that's fine you're getting him for the speed and the volume uh of, of at bats and the fact that he could be a decent batting average guy margot could so i i will rank him number one as well but i got Peralta number two and then are we going souza worth yes okay um now about about worth and souza what kind of league format is it? Are they still 15 team viable for you? Or, I mean, are they 12 team at all?
1: 12 team if you have a reserve.
0: A, a, like a substantial reserve, more than three?
1: Yeah, you need a five team, you need a five reserve okay. for him.
0: Now, Margot, 34, 41, 50%. So pretty widely available. What kind of fab budget are we putting out there? Now, we didn't do this for a lot of guys and, uh, but, but, but somebody like Margot, some of these top guys we're going to talk about, what what sort of percentage you're going to put on your fab? Um, what what would you do for Manuel Margot and, and say a 12
1: team mixer? I would be pretty aggressive. I mean, 30 percent, 35 percent. Okay, yeah. I'd be aggressive because again, he is. You don't have to worry about him. I'd be stunned if he got sent down. I mean, he would he, have to when be when pretty, he, pretty darn bad,
0: all, right? I think I think it would have to be pretty nightmarish for Margot to get sent down. They they have. Every reason to just kind of let him play, Um, you know. I'd be I'd be relatively aggressive on Peralta, not at the same level, maybe closer to twenty percent. But I I would be I'd be looking to make moves on on Peralta. I'm with you on Margot. I think thirty percent is something that you gotta look at because you can get the full season here and the speed component is huge. I, I'm, I was actually kind of surprised by the roster rates at 34, 41, and 50 for, for Margot. I thought they would be higher. Even CBS, which is the deeper leagues, uh, on average is only 50%. So he's widely right. available. Now between Worth and Sousa, you got, you got Krusty Veteran versus, you know, still relatively youngish guy, uh, who, who's a little bit more potential than performance at this point. I imagine that you're favoring Sousa, but what sort of budget are you putting on those two, uh, five to seven percent. Would you maybe go ten percent to secure Sousa or do you think that they, not everyone's going to be hyped on him?
1: I don't think everybody's going to be hyped on him. Uh, okay. For one, for two, once when when uh, I don't know what the playing time situation is going to look like once uh, Colby Rasmus comes back next week. And you wanted to mention something about playing time that we now have at the website that can really help you crystallize.
0: Uh, or or get a quick glance at playing time um, with these new yeah. team pages.
1: If you guys haven't gone to these team pages, man, these things... So uh, uh, Sean, so thank going you going for, there, put, for putting these damn things together. I mean, you look at the team pages, you can go to... Depth chart and see percentage of playing time. Like who is getting? We talked about Peralta just a second ago. He's getting eighty percent of the playing time out there in the outfield, seventy and right and like ten in and center. And you look at look at the outfield situation right now. I think a, a great example would be to go to Texas and see how that left field situation is playing out. You're, you're trying to see. You know, what do you do with Profar? What do you do with uh, Deshields Jr.? What do you do with Ryan Rua? And you see that right now, Rua's is on the short end of that playing time, where he's getting 25% of the playing time, and Profar is getting 40, and Deshields is getting 45 and 50. I'm sorry. So you're trying to figure out where to go, and then you can see pit, uh, pitcher usage. Like why? Like I guess Dusty Baker doesn't even know how to use this because he's he's gonna kill Blake Trainen by the way. He's gonna absolutely kill him. But you can look and see if you're playing daily and trying to figure out who's gonna be in your lineup, you can look at some relievers and say, okay, that guy's pitched two consecutive days in a row and he's thrown a lot of pitches. Pull him out. Uh, so I mean, this is that's, great. Use that picture usage. of multiple pages. Yeah, the picture yeah, right? usage tab is just great for this because you can you can. Shake your look at things up and say, okay, who's going to pitch? Who's not going to pitch? Or you know, if you're playing, if you're drafting a close, you're trying to uh, do a daily closer. Well, if he's pitched two days in a row and he's thrown forty pitches, probably not going to pitch today. Or if you want, uh, to you sack. saw that the other night. Oh so, yeah, it, you saw it, that the other night when that, in that long Seattle Houston game. That's why Davinsky threw the four innings because Giles and Gregerson had thrown back to back nights, had thrown a lot of pitches, so yeah. they were unavailable. They yeah. they just did not pitch in that game. And if you're looking at
0: like I said, like a DFS stack, and maybe you want to go against Ubaldo or something, which is always a wise move. Um, but then you go look at the Orioles' pitcher usage, and you see that that uh, you know Britain Oday and uh, Oday and um, oh god, why can't I think Brad Brock, and you see that they're all you know ready to go. Well, then maybe you don't stack because, okay, Ubaldo might only go three innings and then they start getting into the pen and that pen is a hell of a lot better than Ubaldo. So the pitcher usage tab is very useful. And again, just on the top bar at Fangraphs, go to Teams and then pick your team. Just click on your team and then all the other stuff's in there at the top of, of that page where you see summary stats, schedule, pitcher usage, depth chart. So very useful uh, for checking out some of these situations with playing time. Let's talk some infielders here. We got Chris Owings, 26% Yahoo, 22% ESPN, 62% CBS. Youngervis Solarte, 31, 52, 67. Travis Shaw, 50, 37, 63. And then you jump down a level, uh, Mark Reynolds, 32, 34, 26. Jump down another level, Ryan Zimmerman, 11, 11, 32. Um, and then Joe Panic, 16, 45, 46. So, an interesting group of infielders there. Um, I, Owings shortstop, uh, Salarte, third. Shaw third, Zimmerman and Reynolds first, and Panic second. So we got one for every
1: position on the infield. Who's your favorite among that group? It's I mean coming in coming into the season, my favorite out of that group would have been Joe Panic. And so I'm oh, I'm okay. still I'm still there on Joe Panic, and but then Travis Shaw would have been Travis Shaw and Solarte would have been next. I mean, I like Shaw in Milwaukee. I like Me Solarte too. where he's going to hit in that lineup. Um, those are my favorites, but I don't. I mean, I guess Zimmerman and Reynolds would be the two my two least favorite dudes. Well, they're also. And I know Reynolds is off to a decent start, yeah. Uh, and then Owings. I, I mean, I like Owings, but my top three here are Panic Shaw and Solarte.
0: I think I agree. Um, but I do have Owings pretty close to that group because he does have that shortstop eligibility, uh, right. While playing outfield, and that's that's definitely a help. And uh, he can run with a little bit of punch. So I, I, I am, I am interested in, in Owings as well, at least keeping a close eye on him. I, I think that that lineup out there is pretty nice, uh, as well in Arizona. So I will keep a close eye on him. The one thing I really like about Sean, I think, I don't know if I mentioned this on, on this show, but I, I was doing a guest spot and I, I talked about it. The way that team runs. I actually think he could be a sneaky, a sneaky base, uh, base or too. Sure. Maybe like 10 to 12. Nothing crazy for Travis Shaw, but just like double digits. And if you're getting double digits with 25 homers, which I think is very possible, I mean, he could, he, he could feasibly hit more, um w- without really blinking to be honest. But I'll, I'll say 25 to be safe. Uh, you know, he only hit 16 last year. I don't want to go too crazy. That's still a pretty big jump. But we'll say 25 and 10. You're getting 35 homer stolen bases from Travis Shaw potentially. um I really like him out in Milwaukee. So I, I think I might prioritize him among this group. Zimmerman showing some life in his bat. The one thing I do like about him is they're gonna play him, man. He's a legacy out there. And, and, you know, with the contract that he's making, if healthy, he's gonna play. And I don't think it's something where they're going to put him in if, he's, if he totally sucks. Like, Well, maybe they would. Actually, that is kind of what I'm saying um, because they did last year. He had 218 and did not look good at all, and they kept playing him. So he's going to get the playing time and get a chance to show that he's healthy, has a couple homers already, Ryan Zimmerman does. So he's kind of interesting. Mark Reynolds, the, the problem with getting somebody like a Mark Reynolds is when he's hot, he's hot, but you might have already missed a big part of, of, of said hot streak. The playing time's gonna be there for a little while though, and he is in Colorado, so I totally get that. Um let's start with, with Shaw here, in terms of percentage. And uh, first off, let me ask, are you gonna go 10 team mixed league on Travis Shaw? Or anybody no. on this list? No. Okay, it's 12, 12 only? Yes. 12 and beyond? Okay, so 12 team mixed league Travis Shaw percentage of budget? Five. Five percent, okay. I think I would inch a little bit higher. Now it it's, might be splitting hairs, but I'm a, I'm in the seven to nine range, maybe I'm under ten, but and and again, these are just baselines, and then you let your your league kind of dictate it, y'all. Because if your league's super aggressive, you got to go higher, right? And if it, if they're not, then you come down a little bit. You'll know better than we do. We're just trying to give general ideas. It's difficult to do that. Um, so Shaw was your number one. Panic and Solarte were next. Panic, somebody I loved coming into this year because I just don't think. That he can be as bad as he was last year i really do think he got unlucky with the batting average the skills were there he doesn't strike out makes tons of contact i think he's a, a 300 hitter at second base it might be a little bit empty of a 300 i don't think there's going to be a ton with it maybe 12 to 13 homers which is fine and then you know uh, four to seven steals Not nothing crazy there. but you're getting him for the batting average i do like panic a lot um you said the whole group is 12-team is and beyond, no 10-teamers here?
1: No, no 10-teamers for me.
0: Yeah, that's probably true. I don't play in a 10-team league, so I wish I kind of had a better idea of roster constructions in there, but I, I think that's probably right. Um, okay, we'll we'll, we'll we'll cap it there with, with those guys because uh, we got to talk about some guys that you might be willing to cut now. And you talked about how playing time was going to be a big issue. So let's focus on hitters first. Uh, there's some playing time ones and there's some ones that are just kinda eh, as far as I'm concerned. Since we are focused, we're talking more 10, 12 team mixed here. You can mention if you're cutting them in 15 team, but, uh, here's the names I've got right now. Jed Jerko, Delano DeShields Jr., uh, Tommy Joseph, Michael Conforto, Byron Buxton, and Jacoby Ellsbury.
1: Where are you at? Did it, did it. did it, did it, did it, did it, did it, did it, did it. Melvin Upton Jr. signs with the Giants. Oh my god! I thought the Tigers. Well,
0: Tiger, jo, Jacoby Jones been a beast this week, uh, and and certainly making Tiger fans excited about their center field situation. But I thought maybe they would bring him in on my
1: talent wars bench. Yeah. What
0: do you think, uh, What do you think of uh, What do you think of of him out there? Can 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 uh, Melvin Upton get enough playing time to, to do any sort of damage?
1: I don't want no. I don't want him to get enough playing time. I, he needs to be on the short side of a platoon. Uh, you know, with their with yeah, just just put him on the. He can still hit. Upton can still hit lefties. It just that's maximize his strengths and put you know that's where it's going to be. And I think like same thing with Desmond Jennings when he go when, now these with the Mets and minor league, but he still plays really good defense. He shows up on all stat statcast yeah. stuff. And I know Mike Petriello and Matt Both Myers guys, have been right. doing, Yeah, if you talk, uh, if you guys aren't listening to that podcast, you should be. By the way, statcast um, podcast, absolutely yeah, statcast podcast. But they were talking like <laughs> Jennings keeps popping up. They're like, how, why? I'm like, man. Get him on grass um, and see what he can do. So we'll see if uh, what happens. But yeah, Upton's going to the Giants. But for these guys, I mean, all of these guys it, that we're talking about cutting, it, it honestly comes down to playing time. And I mentioned at least the Shields is getting half the playing time. I'd hate to, to cut the Shields. Uh, I, you know, I've i wouldn't. made this mistake before when I when I've had when I've had. Uh, I think I drafted Jared Dyson uh and tout a couple of years ago and I, I think the same year I had Lindor and Dyson as my first two reserve picks and dumped them both early in the season. I
0: think I recall that. Ah oh,
1: Jesus especially for uh, a guy but...
0: who never has speed and you have yeah. two guys. Oh man. Another breaking news thing here, uh they're showing they showed a close up on Kevin Gosman's hand while he was like um getting ready to pitch. Looks like he he's either developing a blister or like a cracked nail. That doesn't look good and, and we were talking about that sort of stuff earlier. Maybe that's why yeah, not he's, good for
1: a guy throwing a splitter. That's not gonna be good.
0: Exactly. Maybe that's why he has a near equal Ball to strike ratio right now. He's 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 sputtering a little bit against the Yankees here, Um, and that finger looked pretty ugly. Anyway, back to the Shields. There's no chance I would cut him. I know he didn't start the first two games. Had people freaking out because he had the nice spring, and everyone's like, "Well, you know, they talked about being excited about him, and now they're not playing him." It's not even a week.
1: I think you're asking for trouble if you cut him this early. I yes. understand. He doesn't people- need playing time. He doesn't need playing time to have value. That's one of the, uh, the with the guys don't. If he's going to steal bases in in this day and age, if you if you think he can steal twenty to twenty five bases, then you don't cut him. I, I mean, if you've got a no bench, then I, I kind of get where you're coming from. Sure. But if you've got some reserve capacity, this is why you use it. I agree. I agree. So I, I can't, I
0: can't cut, uh, Delano Shields right now. Jed Jerko, um, not getting playing time. Is there something wrong with him? I feel like he's only got like two at bats and they were suggesting that he was going to get in with regularity. So, um, how do you feel? But about Diaz
1: you? is, Diaz is playing well. He's beasting. Uh, yep. Yeah. I mean, you look at, you look at the org chart, go to the depth pages and look at the team and, and the other guys. Where's he going to play? How's Colton Long doing so far?
0: He's playing. He was pretty upset about potentially being platooned. Um, but yeah, Jerko (laughs) has 11 plate appearances. Excuse me. I thought, I thought it was lower than that. I don't know what, I don't know where I saw it. Wong's
1: been in there, Wong's been in there, uh, 65% of the time. Jerko's been in there 30 at second base. And Jerko has picked up some pitch hit plate appearances, like, cause they're saying DH over there. So I'm guessing that's going to be pitch hitting. And he's got a little bit at third base. So he's, he's appeared at third, second, and first. So he's moved around, but where's he going to play? So are you cutting Jerko? I traded him before the season. I wasn't that high on him to begin with. I mean, he hit 30 homers last year with like uh, 31 I sold RBIs. High. I sold high. I forget the exact deal I made for him in my 12-team NL league where, you know, that that – flexibility would have come in nice i was gonna say
0: the one thing i liked, especially in deeper leagues is that he qualified literally everywhere in the infield jerko did and so that certainly helps you but doesn't help you as much when he's not playing you that
1: know, that's, that's the thing i mean the shallower the shallower your league the the uh the least <laughs> the yeah whatever yeah i was having language issues here but <laughs> the, anyhow the,
0: the deeper your rosters go is that is that what you're trying to say? The more I'm just basically saying him?
1: a 10-team mixed league. I don't, I can't carry him in a 10-team. Yeah, yeah, mixed. yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, by the way, I know where I saw it. So he had only played two games until today. That was the two that stood out. It wasn't played appearances; it was games. But he did play today, and uh oh, he did a little something, something. He did go two for three with uh, two ribbies, two walks, runs scored. So you know, a little, a little something for Jerko there, playing third and first within the game. So he's going to move around. I think you got to keep him in the only leagues, of course. But
1: uh, what about – Well, if we, use our, if we use our pickup, the other thing, if if Manny Margot is a free agent and I have Jed Jerko, I'm going to cut Jerko for Margot.
0: Okay, what about for – So to put
1: that in some context.
0: Yes, I like that. Uh, what about for Ellsbury? Never. You would never – no, no. Would you cut – you never have him. So theoretically you have him. Somebody forced you to take Ellsbury. They drafted a team for you, and they don't know who you are, and so they drafted Ellsbury. You cut him for Margot?
1: No. Did I cut Ellsbury for Margot? Yes, absolutely. Sorry. What about about Byron Buxton in a 10-
0: or 12-team mixer right now?
1: I mean he has struck out 11 11 times in 18-plate appearances – uh this week uh in the during spring training he struck out 11 times and 53 plate appearances you know, so you're looking at he's
0: playing today let me see he's got two more strikeouts are those counted
1: no that did not count this was i did that i tweeted that out this morning before that's the game two started
0: in four he's got 50 percent strikeout rate today buxton does
1: so that makes 13 and 12 13 and at a, at a 22 plate appearances Jeez. i mean that that's that's a lot um Good night man
0: And they they Uh, moved him down the lineup already. I remember they opened it with him in the third spot, and I know noted Buxton guy, the biggest Buxton guy I know, Chris Liss, um, actually wasn't loving that because it you know puts a kind of a a level of pressure on him, where you know you bat him seven and just say, listen, do your thing. We're not going to freak out, but you put you're in third, you're going to put some pressure on yourself even. So,
1: oh, you know um, what's next? Back to AAA. We saw they they did it they did it last year to Beung Ho Park. Yep. He got off. He struck out too much. They moved him down and then they moved him out. Yep.
0: And, down and then out.
1: They could do this. They could do it here too.
0: I agree. I agree. So Deshields now Deshields and Margot. Uh, Margot all day long. Because of the playing time, they're kind of the same guy. Playing, playing time, time. time and
1: I think Margot will steal more anyway.
0: Yeah. Okay. I think that that's fair. I, I, like I said, I don't want to cut Deshields anywhere. But, you're kinda of replacing it with the same sort of thing that you were hoping to get from DeShields anyway, so in that instance, I get it. Um, Conforto, you're cutting, now, let's, let's move away from Margot, cause that's the guy that we really want. Sousa Jr., uh, who are you cutting here out of the, out of this group of Jerko DeShields, Tommy Joseph, Michael Conforto, Byron Buxton, Jacoby Ellsbury? Ellsbury and
1: Conforto. Okay. Uh, oh, by the way, I traded Jerko for Tyler Anderson and Kyle Barraclough. That's where I sold. I like that. That I, was back. in that deal. January 10th.
0: That. January 10th. Yeah, you told I me about that deal. deal. That's that's a good deal. Okay, so um we're cutting a lot of these a lot of these guys here. We're trying to keep the shields. What about Tommy Joseph? The only reason I put him on was because he was on some of those most cut lists because people are, are going to be impatient with him. But what they? But here's the, who are they going to replace him with? And what were you expect? Well, okay, here's one. What about Joseph versus the two first basemen that we had on the list, Zimmerman and Reynolds?
1: I'm still sticking with Joseph.
0: I don't know. I might take Reynolds because they're both lefty killers. You you know that. Joseph is is the guy, you know, be adequate against righties so that you can kill lefties. Uh, that's kind of how his value is going to go. Reynolds and Coors, uh, at least for the time being, I think if, if I had Joseph in a 12 team as like my corner, I think I would, I think I would cut him for Shaw, Reynolds, Solarte, maybe not Solarte. It depends if you need that power though, too, because he he's got the game changing power. Whereas Solarte's is more of like a, a a do a bit of everything sort of deal. I would cut him for Shaw and Reynolds. I think though, Joseph, I would cut out for for Shaw and Reynolds. Zimmerman, I mean, for
1: I me, me I so. I for me, I just like I like Joseph more coming into the season. A yeah. week's not changing any of that to me. I actually. That's am I'm, I'm I'm relatively
0: new on my Shaw hype. So I well I would have drafted it was in the last couple of weeks of drafting I would have drafted Shaw over Joseph anyway so I liked Shaw ahead of Joseph so that so I'm with you I, basically I'm saying it this a different way but I'm with you I this is not a valuation change this is just correcting something that I I wouldn't have done in the first place okay let's talk pitchers to cut Michael Pinata Francisco Liriano, God uh, Mike Fultonevich uh Zach Davies, Stephen Wright, Zach Wheeler, and Luis Severino. These guys were the highest on on cut lists across the three sites. Just just plucking names.
1: Um, kind of surprised Severino. I mean Wheeler, I get Wright. I, I mean why why did you draft him in the first place? When I never uh,
0: drafted Wheeler either, to be honest. This
1: I year. know the hype on Fultonevich was uh I thought it was a bit much. Um, I think you're
0: stupid, is what I think.
1: I thought it was a I'm bit kidding. much. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know, but I thought it was a bit much. Uh but I I could see he's the one I would least want to cut out of this bunch. I did Fultias. watch. I, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, Folti is. He's the okay. one I want to hold on the most. Uh, Liriano. I did watch the start last night. Uh, he couldn't throw a strike. How I mean, are they what not going to put Russell Martin back there though? How are you
0: going to? Because Russell
1: Martin would fix everything, right? Catcher ERA is the best start, best stat in the world. No, but he has a <laughs> I don't clear, know
0: clear uh, level of success with
1: Russell Martin. Yeah, I don't know what that was. I guess because he had pitched all those times, but that's where you got to manage things better. But I don't know, man. It wouldn't have mattered. His he had one of those two seam fastballs that like it had so much life to it. He couldn't throw it for a strike. That if you watch, if you watch the first two at bat, the first two hitters of that game, uh he faced uh who was Susan lead I forgot who led off last night. It's the all these games all put together. Uh, I forgot. I think he did lead off last night. I'm looking that for you. You keep going. Then he struck out Kiermaier. He put a 93 fastball low and in right on the black and got Kiermaier just frozen. And you watch those first two at-bats, you're like, damn, man, Liriano's got it going on. And then he couldn't make it out of the first inning. Yeah, maybe Souza Su- got on. All right. Maybe I don't know. I think Souza got on. I'll tell, I'll tell you the play by play here. But in he didn't, he yeah, did not walked, make it out of the first inning. Walked,
0: struck out, then a Longoria two run shot, then Weeks Jr. gets walked, then Norris gets walked, then Miller doubles deep to center, then Beckham gets walked, then Robertson singles, and then, uh, Dominic Leone comes in.
1: Yeah. It was, I mean, he, GG. the, the two seamer had just so much run on it. He never could get to the change up. Because he was behind everyone. I mean, Sousa worked, uh, worked his count. Longoria, I think the first or second pitch, uh, hit the home run and everybody else was just like, I'm not swinging at a fastball. I'm waiting for one to come in the zone and, and he could, he couldn't do it. And, I mean, we've seen these things from him before. Uh, you know, maybe it, you, you see, I doubt he and Salty will get matched up next time, next time out. And we'll see what changes. But there was just too much movement on his pitch. He couldn't find the zone. Um, with Pinata, it was the same old thing. Okay, there were this, it was the there were. Pinata and spot. I watched that. And I watched that one. Um, you know, there were innings where you're like, "Oh yeah, this is what he's capable of." We had a and 33% up-
0: strikeout rate, no walks. Like, and then bombed out when he wasn't getting swings and misses. And the thing is, and
1: the thing is, he was making his mistakes when he had when he had the advantage. It was one of these one two, you know, two two. O two, and then he's getting hurt when he shouldn't be. He's you- still finding too much of the zone and he can't command his stuff within it. I mean, I, I didn't, I know you got him in the, in the head to head or points league yeah. or whatever it is. Because of the uh, K-9. And I didn't. I, I did not get him in any league. I did not pursue him in any league. Um. Are you cutting him in 10 and 12 teamer already? In a 10, yeah. And who, who, are, who are you
0: prioritizing there? Uh, let's assume Bundy, we know for sure, but then beyond that list with, 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 uh, Musgrove, Wood, Cotton, Morton, the Rockies guys; those were, and 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 Grapevine; those were the ones that we we talked up
1: the uh, most. Shoot, I mean that's that's kind of the off that list. We talked about the most. Bundy is the only one that I'm like, at, okay. yeah, I'd swap them out for. Okay, in a heartbeat. But you're definitely
0: reserving him then if you're going to hang on to Pinata in a, in a 10 or 12 team. Are Compared
1: you, to like, the rest of those guys, yeah, I'd reserve him. Cause again, you, if you go back and watch that start, there was like this, the, the third and fourth inning. I mean, there was a time where he would just rock it back and firing. And you're like, Oh yeah, this is what he's able to do. But then. No Jekyll and Hyde pitch to pitch, not even game to game or inning to
0: inning. It's literally pitch to pitch with Pinata. It's so maddening.
1: It, it, it really is. It's so, I mean, and it was early, even early into that game. I, I don't know with him. Man. It's just what, I, but again, I watched that outing before I had to, um, get going and I was just like, same old pinata. Yep. Um, what about, but, uh,
0: Zach Davies? He had some buzz coming in, um, you know, with the, with the whole, he could be the next, uh, Hendricks. how Hendricks thing. Yeah. Because of the contact management that he has, you know, it's one start. It was a tough start. I, I don't think I want to go crazy the other way and say, well, now I, I, I can't have this guy on my team at all. It was, just, it was a really bad start. Are you cutting him for any of the guys we talked about that aren't Bundy? No. I don't think I am either. I don't think I am either. What about Liriano? Are you going to cut him then? Or, or was it just one of the bad? Because we see this from him, what, th- minimum three times a year, he, even in his best years. Remember that one year? I think it was his first year with Pittsburgh uh, where he wore a nine earned run start Maybe that was A.J. Burnett. I'm, I think I might
1: be confusing. The it name. was Burnett. Okay. And no, I mean, for Liriano, um, again, going back off the, the two-start list that we looked at, Uh, maybe Morton, maybe, because that's about the same durability concerns. Okay. By the way, he had a 10-earned run. Like, Morton, you were right.
0: Or, uh, Burnett, that's who it was when I was thinking about the nine-earned runs against St. Louis. But in this first season with Pittsburgh... Where he put up a 302 ERA in 161 innings. That included a two and a third, 10 run outing in course for, for Liriano. So like he can have a disaster and still bounce all the way back. So I'm reluctant to jump off board. I was pretty hyped on him coming into the season. I'm not, I'm not leaving the train right now. Um, the only one I would cut him for is Bundy. That's the only one. Fair enough. I don't. I don't think I would cut him for Morton or anything like that.
1: Oh, hey! By the word, Greg Bird has X-rays on bruised ankle. The word, yeah, it's a bad word now. What's? Oh what? uh, yeah, 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 any, yeah, any, yeah.
0: Any further news on
1: that? X-rays were night. Doesn't need a CT scan, but that may be the reason why he sucks balls uh, so <laughs> far. <That's laughs> yeah, really he has really no. Uh, he has no base.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, you see, you hear something like bruised right ankle. It doesn't sound like much, but if you got no base, that's where your power's coming from. And and so that
1: one uh, for 16, seven strikeouts. And that's uh, apparently all about a a foot that has a, uh, there was no, uh would you,
0: would you throw them on the 10 teamer? If you're the Yankees, would you say, ah, just take 10 real fast. I, that's what the 10 team for, right? To make it c- because it's just, it's such a smaller commitment. You can just throw them on for 10 and say, get right. We'll, we'll, we'll get you back.
1: Yeah, I get um, not want to do a fifteen, but it's what exactly what the ten. That's the beautiful thing about a ten team. Take a week and a half, especially if it's a bone bruise and it's your yeah. foot. Just stay off it. You got Chris and Carter. It's the easiest way to stay off it. Yeah, why not? So okay, um,
0: all right. Well, that's gonna wrap it up. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed this. We're feeling it out here. So if there's things that you that you really you know think we should change or add or or tweak, let us know. Uh, again, comment on the blog post. That is best. Because sometimes on Twitter we don't see it. You can reach us out, reach out on Twitter if that's what you got to do. But and I uh, don't
1: reply during the day, by the way, folks. So don't forget that. I do my replies at night. But uh, you know, I can always check something uh, midday on the post. But
0: well, the post being active on
1: Twitter, I don't do much on Twitter during the daytime. It's all nighttime. The
0: post won't get won't
1: get buried either,
0: right? If you po- if you put it on the blog post and we go there, they're all right there. Whereas on Twitter. If you put it at, at 2 PM and I don't jump back on till four and Jason doesn't jump back on till seven.
1: Yeah, it's it going to get very
0: because we're so popular. You guys have no idea how popular we are. It's unbelievable how many people are trying <laughs> to get at us. Uh, we got celebrities saying how, Hey, what's up? You know, Oh, and,
1: Hey, we do, man. We're going to have, we're going to have a guest on this podcast. That's what I'm saying. going what i a I got uh, to uh, meet, uh, uh, somebody who Don't I, say actor. I'm not gonna say who it is, okay. but he is a actor from a, a TV show that my wife and I both very much enjoy. Uh, so he is, he was in this league that I, I was an auction, uh, auctioneer for in New York City last Thursday night. And I tell him, hey, you know, my wife and I are huge fans. And he goes, man, I've been listening to you and Paul since the Towers of Power days. What?
0: Oh, so was man, like, gonna be cool. so awesome.
1: was like, the mutual admiration was pretty awesome there. So he, uh, wants to come on next month. And I said, absolutely. Um, we'll set that up so we can do that because he has, uh, his show, the, the next season's getting ready to roll live here soon. He wants to come on and talk about it. Uh, and, uh, so I am looking forward to that.
0: Okay. So, uh, yeah. And now obviously I was joking about saying we're, we're so super popular, but I just
1: thought you were setting me up.
0: I, I actually was, I did want, want you to bring that up, but, um, no joke. If, if I don't, if, if I'm not online for your tweet and it does go a few hours, it will get buried. I try to go back and look through, but but things do get buried. So again, if you've got a mission critical uh you know, ad drop question or a comment about how you thought this format went, please put it on the blog post. Um your quick hitter questions can still go on Twitter at sport at Jason. We hope our mic volumes are better. Hopefully listen, I'm working on that with you know it's the most frustrating thing that I deal with. We cannot figure out why it doesn't work properly. We will get to the bottom of it. Hopefully Jason's has been good. I feel like everyone else's bud Enos have been good, but, uh, we know about it. We're working on it. I'm embarrassed by it. I will figure it out. If stupid Skype just hadn't 86 call graphs, we'd have never had the problem. We never had issues and call graphs the most basic thing out there. It was, it was such a low rent little program and it worked perfectly. And now yes, I got all these did. bells and whistle ones and they're dog shit, and, and, and it's so frustrating, and I apologize, <laughs> but uh, believe me, I dread the tweets, and the worst part is, I can't even always emulate the sound issues that you guys have, when I, I download immediately on my phone, and I listen, I put it on headphones, I'll take Charlotte out, and I'll listen to it, and I'm like, this sounds fine, I wait 30 minutes, 50 tweets, I can't hear Eno, I can't hear Eno, now the one thing that Eno has mentioned, that um, people that are driving, it's going to be a lot different than me walking outside with, with you know, dead silence at, at 8 PM at night. Um, walking my dog is a lot different than driving 75 miles on, on the highway. So I do get that. Um, we are working on it. Please bear with me. Please keep listening. Please rate and review on iTunes and don't mention the stupid Vaughn thing. Please just put five stars. Paul's the greatest so that I can have something cool in my life. Okay guys. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, my life's amazing. Jason, I love this debut of, of the uh, waiver episode. We'll be back next Saturday. Uh, as long as you're not traveling, right?
1: Yeah, no. Next Saturday is good. I think I'll be home working on my taxes because those are due on the 18th, and Ooh, yeah, I have I, I, I have about five percent of those done. But yeah, I will be home on the 15th. And
0: anytime that you're traveling, I'll end up just doing this by myself, and I'll go through the way. Like so, we'll always have a waiver episode, you know, barring unforeseen circumstances. But ideally, uh, we can get it done even when you're traveling. We can maybe do it on. Like a Friday. I rarely,
1: I rarely travel on a Saturday. So sometimes, Perfect. if it could be a Friday night, I mean, it really depends. Uh, just availability on Saturday around, uh, sons football around games family. or daughters. Yeah, makes yeah about family events, but we can always work that stuff. You know, we can work around schedule wise, but right, we'd like man. to have something that you guys could listen to on Sundays and prepare for your weeks. Exactly. Exactly. Well,
0: great talking to you and I'll talk to you next week.
1: All right, man. Please. Take care.